Hey, this is Matt McClure here, one of the lead pastors here at Takeover Church. Thank you so much for checking out this message today. We hope it encourages you. We hope it blesses you. And just a reminder, we have got services every single Sunday at 5 p.m. And we would love to have the chance to meet you, to hear your story, and to welcome you home. Thanks again for listening today. Hope this message blesses you. Everybody doing good? Fantastic. Well, we are in a series right now called Tis the Season. Can somebody say Tis the Season? Tis the Season. Tis the Season. Yes. Say it with the chest. Tis the Season. Tis the Season. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. But yeah, we're in a series called Tis the Season. And week one, we preached a message called what? It was Vision Season. We preached a message called Vision Season. And uh, again, this series has literally nothing to do with Christmas um, and literally nothing to do with the season. It's just more like a play on words because it is then. And then I had this idea of like pointing all these other things and making a quote unquote season out of it. And here at Takeover Church, if you don't know, now you know, we don't know how to spell. Vowels don't exist here, okay? And neither do calories, so we're good, all right? Uh, <laughs> man, I'm having fun up here. So we were vision season, and we talked about what is a vision. How do we get a vision? Once we have the vision, how do we keep the vision? How do we run that race set before us well? If you haven't heard it, check out the podcast. Week two, what was it? It was receiving season. I talked about and I confessed my sin of how much I love to give gifts, but how much I love even more to receive gifts. Hello. Who was praying for me in my greedy soul? Who was praying for me? Somebody had to be. I felt them. I was like, man, I feel overly generous this week to myself. I'm going to get this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I love, I love uh, that message. I love receiving season where we talked about, man, there are some things in our lives that we have got to, we got to get uncomfortable if we want breakthrough. If we, if we want breakthrough, we got to get some people out of our lives. We talked about it. Who is in that waiting room with you? Who is with you in that season of loneliness speaking? And who's in the, uh, that season while you're married speaking into it? Who has a say whether you get breakthrough or not? Whose word are you trusting? There are some things if we're going to receive, we got to get them out. If we want to receive, we got to get the right people in. If we want to receive, we got to have some people that are going to willing to stand with us when the world is telling us, no, it's done, it's over, it's terminal, it's dead, and we got to believe with some people alongside of us that God can do more, that it is still alive, that the best is still ahead of us. Amen? Amen. So then, tonight's message. Does anybody have a guess of what this season is called? Yeah. Uh, absolutely not. There is no such thing as happiness in the church. Um <laughs> Well, in this one. It's good. We love Jesus. We're happy people. We love the smile. No, not jolly. And as I'm thinking about it, how do you even spell jo- J-O? Got it. Sorry. I was like, wait, how do you spell jolly? I don't even sure I can take a vowel out of that. J-L-L-Y. Anyways, no, because why and sometimes, yeah. So J-L, you really can't. Because you're going to try it with I and E. You can't. Sorry, there's no such thing as jolly season because you can't cut the vowels. Um, Joel, Joel season. Um, they get it. It's Joel. Anyways, tonight, the title of my message is this. Where are my note takers at? Who's got that fast pass to heaven? Who's taking notes? I see six of you. Fantastic. Nope, seven. We're good. All right. Title of my message is this. Write this down. Blessed season. Blessed season. B-L-S-D-S-Z-N. Blessed season. It's going to be good. Write that down. Would you turn to your neighbor and ask him, like, y'all feeling blessed? Somebody left Zach hanging in the cold up here. Would you turn and tell your other neighbor and say, hey, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. The blessings come down when the praises go up. Good God. 
Oh, man, six of us know that. We're good. All right, but tonight we are coming out of the Old Testament. Somebody say, old school. And I know, I don't preach a whole lot of the Old Testament. We don't hear, we, we love the Old Testament. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely love the Old Testament. It's just, there's so often that we are in desperate need of some good news. Amen. And so we like to talk about what Jesus had to say about some things. It's all good. We love the whole Bible. It's great. And tonight specifically, I really want to come out of it. So somebody say, old school one more time. I knew somebody was going to do it. I knew someone was going to do it. Like, yeah, one more time. Get in there. All right, we're coming out of the book of Deuteronomy. Somebody say, Deuter. I just wanted to hear it. Good. All right, Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 6. I'm coming out of the ESV tonight, but it'll be up on the Sky Bible, too, if you need it. It's right there at the top. Ready? I'm not convinced. Does anybody want the Bible tonight? Fantastic. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all of his commandments that I commanded you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Come on. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God, blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds, and the young of your flock blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out does that sound good is that some good news tonight fantastic then hey i'm gonna pray before we go any further and then we're gonna believe god do big things sound good Fantastic. Jesus, we thank you so much for tonight. God, I ask that you would come, that you would just continue to have your way in and through this moment. Lord, we love you. We appreciate what you do in and through this house every single week, God. And if I could be real right now, God, we, uh, I'm nervous to say this, Lord, but I just thank you, Jesus, that your presence showing up is not contingent upon whether we showed up tonight or not. Your presence showing up, God, you have made a promise to this house that you are going to fall afresh in here, that you're going to fall thick in here, that lives are going to change no matter the numbers in this place, Jesus. So we just thank you, God, that you are here now, and we ask that you would do what only you can do, God, and that set some people free of some things that we have no control over, things that we have tried to quit but can't. God, just come and have your way in our lives. In Jesus' my name, a faithful church said. Amen. Amen. So the book of Deuteronomy, 28, 1 through 6. That's all I got. That's actually all I needed to say was that verse. Hallelujah. Guys, have a good night. It's going to be good. You think I'm kidding. It's all I got, I promise. Blessed season. I love this piece of scripture. I love the book of Deuteronomy. I love all of these things. And, and in this scripture right now, this is actually Moses. Who's heard of him? Anybody heard of Moses? Yeah, he's got a stick. Does some cool stuff with it. It's awesome. What? Moses is great. And Moses has a, just, ooh, I'm going to use a good word, has a bevy of accomplishments in the word of God. He has a litany, hope, hope these words are right, of things that he has accomplished, trophies on his shelf. He is an incredible man of God of the Old Testament, and he was awesome. If you don't know anything about Moses, check out Moses. But in this, he is the guy that brought down the commandments from heaven. Do you all remember that story? Yeah. Anybody ever been in, uh, what do you call that, VBS, Vacation Bible School, or Owana? More like I want to get out of here, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I didn't grow up in church. I get to make these jokes, even though it never happened. Um, I was like, why would you call it I Owana? Like, I, I want to get out of here. Um, but, it's dumb jokes. 
But here's Moses, and, and he's the guy that brought down the commandments, and he's the one that was commissioned to say, hey, Israelites, this is how we do things. This is what God, creator of heavens and the earth, is saying to you and to me. This is how we ought to live. When Adam and Eve came, and, and all that happened, and we were kicked out of the garden, and, and all of this stuff went down, and death came into the world, and sin took over, and all of these things happened. God is saying, this is a redemption plan. This is how we ought to live. This is how we need to live. This is how we need to do life. And Moses is saying, in the scripture right now, he is saying, if you will obey all of the commandments that I gave you today, the ones that I carried down, if you would obey these commandments today, you will be blessed. You will be highly favored. You will be placed above. You will be a city on a hill. You will be placed above all of the earth. You will be held in prominence. Your cattle will have children. You will have children. Everything in your life, everything you put your hand to will be blessed if you will keep these commandments. And that's good news to us because we have better news than what Moses gave them because we have Jesus. Somebody say hello. We have Jesus. You see, Moses, he came back and this is it. But you and I, what they were never able to accomplish, you and I can, but not on our own, just like they couldn't on their own. You see, for years, people would strive. And by the time Jesus shows up on the scene, when Jesus comes into the world, when the veil is torn, when he makes his entrance in a manger, it's Christmas time, we got to bring about the manger. Got to talk about it. Somebody said, talk about it. It was a barn. There you go. Talk about it. It's good. It's not a Hotel 6. It's not even a Motel 8. It's bad. <laughs> Sorry, I heard a guy one time be like, yeah, major back in the day, that's like, that's like the JW Marriott, man. I'm like, no. It's, it's still a barn. There's still hay. There's still poop. Somebody still has to clean things out. And there was still a child who was God laid in a dirty manger full of feces. I mean, I'm saying, it's like that... I've been to the JW Marriott. It's nice. Thank you, Rusty and Kelsey. It was great. But he said that, and so when Jesus rolls up on the scene, there's actually believed that there was about 660-something other additional commandments added to the originals, where because we got so... Uh, I don't know, carried away, I would say. We got so carried away with telling people they were wrong. Like, nope, you did this, but you still did this. Like, you didn't covet your neighbor's wife, but you looked at her sideways. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to add more to it. Like, you didn't murder somebody, but you had it in your heart. So, you know, we're going to add some more to it. And all of this stuff happened. So by the time Jesus finally rolls up on the scene, the commandments were just like, you're like, man, what happened to the original? <laughs> like, I could name at least five of them. <laughs> 600 plus? Nah. So Jesus comes, and luckily for you and for me, Christmas, we love it. And we love Christmas in the house. Yeah. Christmas is awesome. Christmas represents the fact that Jesus came, that he decided that he had to interject himself into our history, that if he was going to save you and me and restore people who are his image bearers in the earth, if he was going to ever have relationship with us, this is what had to be done. And so when Jesus comes, he comes as the fulfillment of the law. Have you all heard that? That's good news. You can make some noise for that. He's the fulfillment of the law. And so Jesus comes, he rolls up on the scene, and here is all the commandments, and here's everything that Moses said, and here's the 600 plus, and it comes and it says that Jesus came, and he was, he died, defeated hell, sin, death, and the grave, kicked shame in his face, face brought fear back to hell where it came, and Jesus overcame everything, amen? And he fulfilled every single law. You and I couldn't. 
not on our best day, not on our best behavior, not with our best hair or our best makeup or our best shoes or our best skinny jeans. We couldn't on our best day, yet Jesus absolutely did. Our best wasn't enough. So Jesus came and he was the fulfillment of the law, right? He fulfilled every single law. That's good news because that means that all of these things that he's talking about, all of the promises of God, all of the commands of God, all of the things that he asks us to appear in blameless life, all of these things are now actually attainable for us, are now actually able to come about in our lives, able to manifest here and now. We don't have to wait for heaven one day any longer to have God's blessing on our life, amen, because of what Jesus did in and through and on that cross, amen. But there's kind of a, there's kind of a catch-22 there. There is. I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest with you. Can I be frank tonight? Hi, I'm Frank. How we doing? No. Kidding. This guy makes too many jokes. I'm going home. I'm never coming back. Get serious, Pastor. Hellfire brimstone. So I really want to keep going, but I'm not going to. Sorry. So there's a catch twenty two here, you see, because Yes, Jesus was the fulfillment of the law. And yes, the cross was enough. Yes, the body was broken enough. Yes, the blood was shed enough. Yes, enough happened that day for you and I to live a life fulfillment of the law, to live in the blessed lane, as I'm going to call it for a second, for us to experience all of these things. Because back then, Moses, what he was saying, we weren't capable of. We couldn't. We're not good looking enough. We're not talented enough. We're not pretty enough. We weren't good enough. It didn't matter because sin had fractured the world, fractured you and me, and we couldn't. Humans couldn't, but Jesus could. So yes, are all these available to us? Yes, is he the fulfillment of the law? Yes, 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 yes. And no. Now, before you think I'm teetering on heresy here, hear me out. You see, Jesus, then, when he went to the cross, he said, it's better that I go so that the advocate may come, so that the friend may come, so that the Holy Spirit may come. Because you and I, yes, he may have went to the cross. Yes, his blood might have been enough. Yes, all of these things happened. But he still had to send the helper, the advocate, the Holy Spirit to empower us to live not our best life, but our blessed life. Amen. Amen. Believe it or not, friends, family, people of the church tonight, Jesus, his chief concern when he went to the cross was not for you and for me to be out here living our hashtag best life. His chief concern when he went to the cross wasn't that you and I would have mansions, have yachts, have white picket fence, have every single Mercedes. Uh, I'm picking up Mercedes a lot tonight, but Mercedes, minivans, all the toys, all of the houses, all of the things, all of the friends, all of the glitz, all of the glamour, all the things. Oh, you fancy, huh? Nails done, hair done, everything big. It wasn't his plan that we would experience all of those things. It was never God's goal that when he went to the cross for you and interjected himself not only in history but in your story, it was never his goal that you and I would be out here hashtag living my best life. I don't care what the world tells you. I don't care what culture has said. I don't care how famous it is on Instagram, how much, how many times you see it on Facebook, somebody posts and say, out here living my best life, Corona light. Like, we're... Did the pastor just say Corona? I did. 
God's chief concern for you and I wasn't that we would be out here living our best life because our best life is not God's blessed life. God's best is our blessed life. And not only that, can I tell you this, friends, a little bit of little good news for you? God's chief concern when he sent Jesus to the cross wasn't for you to live your best life. It was for you to live the blessed life. When Jesus Christ went to the cross for you and for me, it was not God's chief concern that we would not be out here living our best life. It would be that we would be out here living his life. Amen. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives through me. My blessed life is my dead life because it's no longer me that lives. It's Christ that lives through me. Can you praise God for five seconds? I had no doubt that God would love for you to have money. That God would love for you to have cars. That God would love for you to have mansions in Malibu. That he would love for you to set up shop in Calabasas. Calabasas, California needs a takeover church. Come on. I have no doubt that he wants that for your life. That he has those kind of things for your life. But understand me, friends and family tonight. It was not God's chief concern that you would be out here in 2018 living your best life. God has more for you. It's better. It's greater. It's, it's more fulfilling, more satisfying than anything in the best life could ever bring you. His blessed life is everything that you need. It'll keep you sated. It'll keep you filled. It'll keep you good. You may not have happiness all the time, but you will have joy. Amen. God's goal, his chief concern for you and for me is that we would be living the blessed life in the blessed lane on the blessed express. Amen? Ooh, blessed express. Can somebody just say blessed express? I like that. Because the thing about the blessed express, the Lex Express, the thing about the blessed and the Lex Express, but the blessed express is this, is that when we are living a life that is pleasing to God, that when we are doing life His way, not only are we on the blessed express, a one-stop train to victory, it's this. The blessed express, the blessed lane, the blessed season, God's hand of favor on your life, He goes before you, He precedes everything, He goes ahead of you and opens doors where there is no door, He goes, He makes a door where there is no door, He changes the trajectory of your life, He goes ahead of you, He heals what's behind you, and He propels you into your future. That is our God. That is our Jesus. Amen. Yeah. And so while it was never his goal that we would be out here living our best life, can I tell you why? Because best is what you and I can do on our own. I don't need God to do my best. He gave me potential. Whether I ever came to know him or not, he put gifts and certain things on the inside of me that I have access to simply because he loves me from the get-go. Simply because he thought me up in his head and spoke me into existence. I have gifts and th talents and things on my life, things that I'm already inherently good at that he packaged me with when heaven came or when he sent me from heaven. I have those. I could have, you know, when I was in high school, my dad was like, well, you're either going to, you know, sell cars or sell Jesus. Yay, it's good. No, no joke. It's good. It's cool. Don't worry about it. But dad and I's relationship, it's kind of, you know, I just need to talk about it. I'm kidding. But you and I, we have something already on the inside of us. We have gifts. We have talents. We have things that are put inherently on the inside of us that was packaged in us from heaven. And we can live our best life. Our best life doesn't take God. But his blessed life absolutely takes God. What he has called us to, if we are going to ever accomplish everything that he has put us for, if we are going to have all of these things that that scripture says, if we are going to have all this fulfillment and this increase, and we are going to ever live this life that he has promised us, 
It's going to take him empowering us. It's going to take us taking our lives and giving him lordship. We say it all the time here. He's either the Lord of all or he ain't Lord at all. We talked about it in our empire series. There are things in our life that we have to submit because as Christians, it's so much more comfortable to do whatever we want, how we feel, what we want to do, our own ideas, our own thoughts, our own uh, selfish desires that you and I have. It's so much easier just to go about living according to the flesh and then having God save us later on when our consequences come, when the bill comes due, when the lives that we've been living now have a bank statement at the end of it that we have to fulfill. It's easier to have a Savior than it is to have a Lord. But God is saying to you and to me, he is saying this, if you put me at the helm, if you make me Lord and Savior, make me Lord first because I will save you from so many of those decisions. And when you do mess up, the rare and few and far in between that you do come up short, I will save you from that. But if you make me Lord first, man, I will stop so much. You will not be making those same decisions that cause you consequences. We will be living the blessed life. Because friends, whatever God calls you to, he's going to bless you. Whatever commandments he put over your life, you don't got to worry that you can't fulfill them. You don't got to worry that you're not good enough. No, no, no. He wants you to strive for him. He wants you to take half of things in your life. He wants you to surrender some things. We talked about it. Surrender season. Amen. He wants you to give some of those things over to him and let you, let, have you make him Lord over those areas of your life because man, if he has called you to it, He's going to equip you for it. If he's called you for it, he's going to give you a way out of temptation. If he has called you to it, he's going to bless where you are and bless your faithfulness. He's going to remain faithful to you in it. Does that sound good to anybody? Man, God's blessing always follows our obedience. God's blessing always follows our obedience. It's Christmas time. It's 2018. It's coming to a close. We are heading into 2019. And what are some things in your life that you need to begin being obedient in? What are some things in our lives that when we go into this new year, we need to fully surrender to God where we are? What are some blessings that you're believing for? What are some things that you want to see changed? What are some things that you want to see God's of hand of favor all over in 2019 that you need to start making changes on now? That you need to start surrendering to him now? Don't all yell at me once. No, I'm kidding. You don't got to do that. If you will live by the commandments I just gave you, he says. Jesus says, I went to the cross. I'll do you one better, Moses. I went to the cross, and I fulfilled every single one of those. If you will just give me your life, your whole life, the leadership of your life, the lordship of your life, all of it. If you put me at the helm, I will make you the head and not the tail. I will set you above every single nation. I will fill everything I've promised you. I will remain faithful to you if you just put me there and you allow me to send the Holy Spirit to empower you. I'll keep you on track. So why don't we? Why do we so often find ourselves, I mean, how many of us honestly, when somebody goes, hey, how you doing? It's like, blessed, and you mean it. Or do you just say blessed because you're a Christian and that's the language that we should use? I'm not talking about faking it so you make it. I'm talking about why are you and I not actually experiencing, tangibly experiencing the blessings of God here and now. And I'm not talking about some late night preacher on a television where you say, give $500 seed now and you'll be healed of this. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about fast food Christianity. I'm not talking about dollar menu Christianity. This is not Taco Bell 12 pack here. I love all these I got it for days. This is not Kentucky Fried Gospel. Um, <laughs> KFG, come on. 
Get it? Get it? Talk about it. So, preach to them. So why don't we experience this blessing? I got a few thoughts. Can I share them with you? I so often think that we don't actually experience these blessings in our lives. What God says is actually tangible to you and I. When he says, man, I will set you above your city. I will give you dominion over your city. You are called to go there. You can take it. I will go before you and I'll give you the ground. When he's saying, man, I will fill your vats. I will bless your cattle. I will bless your womb. I will bless what you put your hand to on the ground. He is saying to you and to me that when we follow Jesus, we will be blessed. We will live life on the blessed express. But I got to ask you tonight, why aren't we? I think it comes down to trust. I think it comes down to worry. I think it comes down to fear. I think it's so easy for us to go, yeah, yeah, I mean, but what, but what if? What if it doesn't work out the way Matt says it does? What if he challenged me one day just to, just, to, just to tithe this much and see what God would do? What if it didn't work out? What if I have cake in my face afterwards? What if I stick out in my marriage and it doesn't turn around? What if I begin praying for my spouse? And it doesn't turn around. What if he doesn't stay? What if she doesn't love me anymore? What if she goes? What if my kids keep going haywire? What if, what if they never return to the kingdom of God? What if they never return home to me? What if, what if, what if I don't get the promotion? What if I go to college for that and the way the economy is going, there's not a job for me? What if? I think so often in this life of, uh, of following Jesus, we'll follow him to a certain extent. We trust him with our Sundays. Some of us. We trust him with our Sundays. But we have a hard time trusting him with our hope. We have a hard time trusting him with our future. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I have a hope and a future for you, not to harm you, but to prosper you. I have a hope and a future for you. And some of us, we're out here living our best life, we're on our hustle, we're on our grind, and we're getting what we can, we're doing it underhandedly, we are hustling, doing what we are able to do in our own strength, in our own time, and going above and beyond what we are trying to do, and we don't actually trust God with our finances, we haven't made him Lord over our bank account, we haven't made him Lord over our marriage, you and I, we're just over here, we got our hands in everything, trying to micromanage everything, trusting God with nothing, and I think it's because we live out of fear. I think so often fear just eclipses this idea that if we actually follow God, trust him, took him at his word, took him at his son on the cross, took him at what we are hearing right now, if we took him at his promises, we wonder, what if it doesn't work out for me? What if it doesn't go the way he says it's going to go? What if, the, what if it doesn't turn around? And we live with fear. Can I tell you what fear is? Fear is a four-letter word. It's spelled F-E-A-R, I think. Come on. No, I know it is. You guys are great. Thank you for loving me so much to let me be dumb. Fear is a four-letter word. F-E-A-R. False evidence appearing real. So we look at our situation and we go, man, what if it doesn't work out? I can see it going this way. I don't know. A doctor said this. I can see it going this way. I don't know, man. They're, they're, I can still see their phone at night. They swipe and left when they roll over and I see what they're doing over there. What if my marriage doesn't turn around? What if I stick it out and I love them to the nth degree? What if I say no to promiscuous sex when I'm single? And that person doesn't want to date me anymore. What if I lose my friends because I don't want to go to that party? 
What if I surrender these things to God and I lose everything? There's an old saying, I don't know who said it, but credit to you, whoever it was, it says, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Fear is a lie. Fear deserves to go back to the pit of hell where it crawled out of fear and worry and anxiety and shame. All of these things crawled out of hell on the lips of Satan when he came to tempt you, when he came to kill, steal, and destroy your life. He wants to rob you of blessings in this season. He wants to rob you of hope and of joy and of God's faithfulness, of seeing, the, what, what did Rusty say earlier? Seeing the promises of God today in the land of the living. He wants to rob you of all of these things and fear is going to do it and shame is going to do it and worry is going to do it and anxiety is going to do it but God is saying if you do it my way I will bless where I've called you to go if you do it my way I will bless what you put your hands to if you do it my way it doesn't matter if it looks grim at the moment you can still win with God amen Amen. this is who he is this is our God this is Jesus this is what he went to the cross for This is what he interjected himself into our history for, into our story for. It wasn't so that we remain oppressed. This is an oppressive season. Some of us have been in oppression season. Oppression season has to die. Fear season has to die. Shame has to die. Worry has to go. Anxiety has no place in your life. That's what our God says. If we will follow his commandments, you will be blessed. Does that sound good to anybody in the house tonight? Guys, we got to get the fear out. We got to get the worry out. We got to start submitting these moments where we're worried and we're doubt and we're anxiety ridden and we're up late at night. We got to start surrendering these things. Man, some of us this year, Christmas was a very real realization for us that our finances aren't where God has called them to be. You want to know how you know? Because you've been spending too much money over here and too much money over here and you don't have money for this and you don't have money for that. But he's called us to live and be good stewards of what he's given us. Good stewards of our finances. Good stewards of our money. Good stewards of our gifts. Good stewards of our relationships. Some of us roll up and we feel like we don't have a relationship with anybody anymore. Because we've removed ourselves, we made priority of this and of that and of travel and of this. And we roll up to church on a Sunday and we feel like we don't know anybody. There are faces. My seat was taken. Was I, did I steward those relationships well? Man, my relationships are supposed to be blessed. But the Bible also says, if you keep my commandments, right? Then Proverbs says, he who wants friends must first show himself friendly. Am I prioritizing those relationships? Are my relationships going to be blessed if I'm not prioritizing? Absolutely not. Man, we worry and we doubt and we think about these things and we, and we falter on these things and we let the devil win time and time again when God is saying, my blessings are available to you in abundance. There is more than enough with me every single time he's saying to some of us tonight. There is more with God. He is mightier. He is better. He is greater. He is higher. He is wider. He is stronger than anything that's ever going to come against you. But you got to start with giving it over to him first. You got to start with making him Lord over that first. We got to give him our whole life, our whole 2019. He can't just be this new stop shop where it's like, you know what? I'm going to get serious with being at church in the new year. New year, new me. Hashtag live my best life. No, no, no. Blessed life is what God's concern is. Blessed life is starting here and now, changing priorities in our lives to see heaven collide with our circumstances. 
Is this good preaching to anybody? Am I helping anybody out? We'll be out on that clock, 616. Fantastic. Somebody say 616. We in the 616. Somebody say we in the 616. There's another piece of scripture that I kind of want to begin to close out this night with. Worship team, if you want to begin to make your way up here, that's cool. I want to go back down this book of Deuteronomy, this this chapter in Deuteronomy. It's so thick with these things that Moses says. Now, Moses is awesome when he wrote this. I'm assuming he didn't realize that he repeated himself. Maybe he had bad penmanship. That happens to me all the time. I go to write something and realize I already wrote it because I can't read what I said before. I don't know. Happens to me all the time. But Moses, he goes on in this piece of scripture and he kind of repeats himself again. He's like, man, I'll set you above your city. I'll set you above your walls. Whatever comes against you, whatever construct, whatever institution rises against you, I'll set you above. It cannot stand towards a submitted life. It cannot stand against the blessings of God. When you give this over to me, you will live in that blessed season. And Moses, he says this. He says this in Deuteronomy 28, 7 through 9. Y'all ready for this? Y'all want to begin to trust him tonight? Do y'all want to take him at his word tonight? Do you want to walk with him hand in hand into the blessed season? Worship team, do you want to walk with him hand in hand into the blessed season? Number seven says this, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you in seven ways. Church, that is good news. How many of us go to work and we have gossip about us? How many of us are in families? It's Christmas right now. It's family season. And who's speaking ill on your name? We're speaking bad on your marriage. We're speaking against how you're raising your kids. We're coming against you for being a part of this church or this community or the area that you live in, the enemies that you have in this world today. God is saying, they'll come at you from one direction, but with God, he's going to spread them back out seven. He's going to throw them back out of your life seven different directions. They're not even going to be able to come back together to speak a name, speak ill on your name. He's going to send them back out in seven different directions. What's number eight say? He says this. He says, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and all that you undertake, and he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you, man. If we're going to begin to walk into this blessed season that he has for us, how do we know any sort of land that he gives you? You have to leave the land that you were in previously. If we're ever going to walk into the blessed season in life, we got to leave the letdown season in life. we got to leave the false hopes in life. God is saying to you and to me tonight, are you living by your vision or his vision? Are you living the good dream or the God dream? Are you living the best life or are you living the blessed life? Or are you leaving the land that he's given you? He is saying right now, I will bless you and your barns and all that you undertake and I will bless you in the land that the Lord has given you. That means you got a place in this new season to set up shop. You got a new barn that you got to build. There are some things in your life that you got to begin building in 2019 and God is going to bless you with it. Some of it, some of us tonight, it's our purity. I'm going to keep it 100 with you. Some of us, it's our purity. Some of us, it's our marriages. Some of us, it's our finances. Some of us, it's our relationships. Some of us, it's our church. Some of it's that repairing some relationships from years that have gone by that have hurt you. Starts with forgiving them here and now. 
letting go of that weight that you've been carrying on you because they hurt you, because they lied about you, because they slandered you. Because he's moving you into a blessed season, into a redeemed season, into a freedom season in 2019. And there are some things that happened in 2018 that we got to leave behind. We got to forgive now and walk away from because he is saying, go and build in 2019 and burn down what needs to be left in 2018. Take the good things in 2018 and use it to establish what he's called you to build in 2019. Amen. And watch how you're blessed. Number, number nine here. The Lord will establish you as people holy to himself. As he, has, as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. I love that. The Lord will establish you as his people holy to himself. As he has sworn to you, he will keep the, if you keep the commandments of your Lord God and walk in his ways. Friends, can I tell you this? Not only is he swearing to you, if you keep his commandments and his ways, he's going to bless you. He has sworn himself to you. He has sworn his faithfulness, his provision, his healing, all of it. He has sworn it. He has held himself towards you and to you always. There's nothing bad that you could do. There's no amount in the other direction you can run away. He has made a promise to you himself. He has said, I have given you my son. I have given you me every single gift, every single promise, every single thing in the Bible is open and available to you. All I ask in return is that as I have sworn myself to you, that you would swear yourself to me. And I will set you above. I will set you apart. I will make you holy make you a peculiar people. You will see signs and wonders. You will be answers in this world where there is confusion. You will be light in this world where there is darkness. You will have what you need to accomplish what I put inside you, the vision I've given you, the God dream that you have. You can receive your breakthrough in the blessed season. Does that sound good to anybody? Would you guys stand up? We're going to get ready to worship in just a second. In just a moment, we're going to sing a song called Do It Again. I was thinking about this earlier today. I remember when I first met Jesus. I was 16 years old, and I came out of a very hellacious home and a hellacious life. I don't have time to get into it all right now. If you've been a part of church for any length of time, you've probably heard it. But I came out of some very real circumstances and I met Jesus because a pastor at the church said that, I will, that there is a father who will never treat you the ways yours has. And when that truth sunk deep down into my heart, I no longer viewed my dad, my earthly dad, as my dad. I viewed God as my father. And so what had taken place in my home no longer defined me. The loudest thing about me was no longer the abuse that happened to me, the things that were taken from me, the things that happened in my home. No, no generational curses were the loudest thing against me. Alcoholism wasn't going to define my future because it defined my family. Absolutely not. God became my father. And I wonder in that moment, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was because I was 16 years old and... I know it's probably hard to believe that I had more energy then than I do now, but 
I was 16 years old and I was just passionately in love with Jesus. There wasn't anything he couldn't ask me to give up and I wouldn't give up. There wasn't any place that he wouldn't tell me to go that I wouldn't go. There wasn't a nation. There wasn't a continent. There wasn't a state. There wasn't a place. There wasn't a city. There wasn't a dark alley. There wasn't no place that God could ask me to go. And I believe that's a picture of the blessed season. I believe that when we begin, to, we begin to submit all of these areas of our lives to God and we allow him to make the decision to have the last word, to have the final word, to propose to you and to me and then sign, seal, and deliver how we are to live our lives. We will see the promises of God. We will see the glory of God in the land of the living. But when I think about that at 16, I wonder how many of you guys have a similar story. Maybe you're not a victim of circumstances. Maybe you had a good home. Maybe you came up in church. I don't know what your situation is. Maybe you had it worse than I did. But I wonder about when you met Jesus for the first time. And that passion that you live with. That zeal that consumes you. David says, the zeal for my father's house consumes me. He was all about God's business. I wonder about when you came to know Jesus that first time. Has that passion waned? Has that zeal been stunted? Has that excitement and that fever and that stokeness on the inside of you, has it begun to sink back? Has it begun to dimmer? Because God is saying to you and to me, that passion is available to us in this next season. We just got to reignite the flame. And so as we sing the song, do it again, maybe you have some enemies that have been raised against you that God is calling to fall. Maybe you have some people that have been speaking on your name and slandering you and gossiping you, and God is telling you that is white noise. Listen to my voice. My approval is all that matters to you. What I say about you is the only definition for you. You are a son and you are a daughter. Any enemy that comes against you, any institution that would rise against you, anything that would mean for you have harm, God's going to turn around and not only is he going to throw them out of your lives, he is going to make it a blessing for you. He is going to use to prop you up. The institutions that have rose against you are going to be the very pedestals that you stand on to this next level of promotion in your life. So maybe right now we can begin to ask God to do it again. Maybe right now we can believe God to do it again. Maybe we can rekindle that passion we had at 16. Maybe we can get back to 25 us when we were young and we believed God for big things. Maybe this can happen again. Maybe we can come back and say, God, I'm submitting it to you. I want your ways. I want your commands. I want your son. I want your Jesus. I want your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live a blessed life. Does that sound good? Then let's worship. Can we worship? Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me yet Waiting for change to come Knowing the battles won 
have never failed me Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Your faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my confidence You've never failed me
promise. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never failed me yet. still stands and great is his faithfulness do you believe that tonight church if I get every head bowed and eye closed in this place great is his faithfulness and his promise still stands if you're in this place and Maybe you had big hopes and big dreams for 2018. Maybe you felt like God spoke something into your heart in 2017 for this year and you didn't see it come about in the way that you wanted to. Maybe you made some decisions in 2018 that weren't God's best for your life and you are able to recognize now at the end of 2018 they weren't walking in his blessed because you weren't giving him your best. Maybe 2018 for you was a letdown here. But maybe these words right now are ringing true in your spirit right now. Maybe it's the loudest sound in your head right now above fear, above anxiety, above doubt, above regret. Maybe right now his promise still stands and great is his faithfulness is what is ringing on the inside of you. If you would be bold enough, there's nobody looking around, there's nobody talking, there's nobody judging in this moment. If you'd be bold enough right now to put your hand up for just a second and say, Matt, I want you to pray alongside me for 2019 to be my best year yet. For my dreams that God has given me to come to fruition. For the vision to be there. For the finances to be there. For what he has called me to, to be there. To be equipped for what he's called me to do. If that's you. Would you just put your hand up high enough and long enough just so that I can see it? Yeah, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. There are hands up all over this place. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is faithfulness right now. You can put your hands back down. Is there anybody that didn't have their hand up right then that wants to get their hand up right now? Last call. Yeah, I see that hand. Amazing. Then I just want to pray over you. I'm not going to ask you to repeat these words after me or anything. I'm going to pray over you, and I'm just going to declare over your lives right now what God has already spoken into existence, and it is on its way. Jesus, I thank you for every single brave soul in this place that just lifted their hands that are saying, God, I trust you. 
even though my 2018 looked like this, even though my 2017 looked like this, maybe this decade hasn't been their best, God. Maybe it's not been their weekend. Maybe it's not been their year. But 2019 is the time where they walk in to a blessing, where they walk into the land that you've called them to. We are seeing dreams come alive in 2018 or 2019. We are seeing a vision come to pass in 2019. We are seeing what you have declared over them, God, to begin to manifest right here, right now. We're not waiting for the ball to drop on New Year's. We want to see the kingdom of God established in our lives in 2019 right here, right now, God. And so I thank you for every single person in this place, their faithfulness, their willingness, God, to say, you know what? It wasn't my favorite. Maybe I made some decisions. But God, going to 2019, we give it to you right now. We give you our hands. Bless what we put them to. We give you our hearts. Bless how you have it. God, we give you our purity. Bless us in our relationships. God, we give you our relationships. Give us the fortitude to withstand the hardships of reconciling them, God. Give us the words to say to be faithful to those around us. Give us the vision to where we need to put our finances, God, to see your best come about in that. Give us the right people to come alongside us and our marriage, us and our relationships, God, to see and for it to be and do all that you've called it to be and to do, for it to be a representation of how Christ loves his church. God, we don't want the task of being a Christian in 2019 and not living like a Christian in 2019. We don't want the task of being a Christian in 2019 and not living in the blessings that you've called the Christians to live in, God. We don't want the task of being a Christian in 2019 and not walking in the victory and in the vision and in the provision that you've called us to, God. So we submit all of these things here and now and we say, God, do it again.